From Magpie 24 7. It's time for the NE1 for Bacon Podcast with your hosts, Kyle Thompson and Paul Rudder. By fans, for fans. How's the bacon, did you say? What's happening, everyone? It's Kyle for the Magpie. No, the Anyone for Bacon podcast. I've got it wrong and it's I still need to get into it. But um, it is a later podcast than usual. I do, I, first and foremost, I would like to apologise. Um, but Paul has had a couple of problems. Uh, he was in the midst of moving house over the weekend and he's moving. And it's quite a distance you're moving, Paul. You're moving, what, 100 miles down the road? Yeah, it's it, to be honest, at, at times over the last few days, it's felt like I've been relocating from the UK to Australia. Um, yeah, you, you couldn't make it up. You couldn't make some of the shit up that that happens um, that happens, you know, to me and and to us. But yes, I'm speaking to you live at the moment from deepest darkest, and it is quite dark because I'm in the car park of a travel lodge. But. <laughs> 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 At the moment, but uh, the show must go on. The show must go on. Uh, yes, fun and games and shenanigans, but we're used to that. We're used to smiling and waving on uh, this side of the old divide. But uh, it's the old Churchill mentality of the show must go on. We must still proceed uh, forward, and uh, we'll always try <laughs> to bring the best content that we can possible uh, on Magpie 24 7 and the anyone for bacon uh, podcast as well so yeah I, I was hoping i said on the view from the van i was hoping for uh, three points to cheer me up because literally um the weekend that's gone was just like getting a shit in your hands and clapping for me it was that bad every plan that you made positively just went um just went tits up it was like a carry on it was like a benny hill movie uh, it was horrendous but we finally got moved but um I wasn't happy because I couldn't settle into my normal match day routine and everything. But uh, we're just about there. I'm just waiting for the house to be to be finished now. <laughs> I were getting there, but uh, Saturday uh, you won the ropes on Saturday, mate. I'm not going to lie. Um, the the bloke who who you were who was helping you move house decided um, not to turn up, which doesn't help. But uh, no. it, it, we've still managed to, even though it's late, which. Is probably a known thing for me to be late if you've watched us on previous well previous places, but um, yeah, better late than never is always the comeback. I used to come back with so uh, better yeah. late than never indeed. But we'll we'll crack into it, mate. Um, worth the wait, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully worth the wait. I hope you listen if you're enjoying it, fantastic. Um, but yeah, yeah, we'll get into it. One-one draw with Molyneux. Um, before the before the game even kicked off, there was a lot of a lot of negativity around the around the side and around the team because no one had any idea what type of team Bruce was going to play. Um, Bruce didn't. With, with, <laughs> I think he just picked it out of my heart, to be honest. Looking at, the, looking at the team selection, I mean, he had two right-backs on the bench, um, a winger in right-back, two two wingers playing in midfield. Um, it Bruce was. Ball. It was, <laughs> that's exactly what it is, mate. It's Bruce Ball. Um, he went with a wing-back system. Uh, I think he went for a 5-3-2. Now, you wouldn't have got this anywhere else because I was at Preston when it happened, but the first game it, Bruce had in this country as Newcastle United manager was away to Preston, and we lost that game 2-1. The formation he played was a 5-3-2, 
and he's and everything that he said, you know, blaming Rafa or um, work in progress or whatever it may be, that was exactly the same formation he played last night, Paul. Um, fifteen months Rooks on. Tom <laughs> it's a 44 league games and he still doesn't know his best team, his best players, <laughs> the best formation, a style of play. Yeah, he probably doesn't even know the, what the name of the tea lady is at the training ground. You know, it's um, Steve Bruce, it's, he's the gift that just keeps on, on giving. And, and we've always, you know, we've talked before about Padre's excuse bingo, but this man, he just literally uh, lives by the seat of his pants. I think he just literally has like a lucky dip or a tombola to pick who's going to be playing, what formation we're going to be playing, the style, the tempo, the the tactics, if you will. Um, it's all just literally in the back of a fag packet or literally draw a number out of a tombola. And it's a, it's a free-for-all in a cross your fingers and hope. And goodness me, <laughs> let's get under it, eh? Aye, I mean, we had all this attacking flair in the in the, the Sky Sports that were proper bantering before the game. Oh, it's really attacking. It's this, it's that, it's this and that. But no, I, the I, out, didn't I, I, I don't know how Bruce has managed to do, but he's managed to turn one of the most attacking Newcastle sides I've seen in recent memory. Fraser, Almiron, um, one holding midfielder <clears throat> on the field that he's played on the wing this season. Um, Wilson, Maxim, and all these players, and yet Newcastle only managed two shots on target all game, and and I think one of them came in the last minutes of the game, obviously with Jacob Murphy's goal. But um, we'll get on to that. I mean, from the start, Newcastle looked like they were just going to defend me. Um, it was really concerned because when we tried to get the Usual ball field, um, Callum Wilson. I feel so sorry for. I mean, I say it in me um, NA29 view video that um, the, that they took social distancing a little bit too far with him because uh, he had his own post code, mate. He was on his own. <laughs> I, I don't know what the plan was for him. Was it just hold up the ball for 20 seconds while the rest get into the game? And I feel like I'm repeating myself, Paul, because I've said this at least four exactly or five times. What you season. said. And it's, um... it's exactly what you said last time. It, it, we said before during the Man United game, it was like seeing Callum Wilson at St James's Park and ASM on the south side of the Tyne Tunnel, and it was just the bloody same again. You know, it's it, it's it's football without the football. It's a football-free zone. It's literally just bore the death out of your opponents in a submission. But you're quite correct. So disjointed, and you've got such an attacking array. But then you, you 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 don't choose as a tactic to to rely on that. You rely on the fact of let's be defensive, let's be tight, let's not give anything away, and you lose so much of that attacking threat. And we saw we could be so potent, and we could really put teams under pressure. But he chooses not to. He's papering over the cracks with just getting lucky, stupid draws like what we've got at the at, at the weekend. Indeed, I mean. I mean, Wolves is a hard place to go. It has been for a lot of Premier League teams, but we've managed to draw the last three games at Molyneux, including this one that we're talking about now. But I'm not going to lie to you, mate. I didn't think Wolves were that good. I mean, they had the, the, the majority yeah. of the possession and stuff, but they never got out of first gear. Now, my feeling is if Newcastle had a, tried to have a... like, If they had a different game plan to take to put Wolves on the back foot and go for it a little bit more... 
I, I don't think would have had many too, too many issues to be honest with you because I think the attack they were laboured. They were laboured. They were really slow, Paul. They were trying to make things happen. Jimenez was hitting the corner flag with every flipping shot, barring his goal where he hit it sweetly. But other than that, they weren't threatening. Um, I thought the wing back system was fine, but you could have pushed Jamal Lewis on. He was getting a lot of joy in the middle of the park, getting the ball and picking it up and cutting on well. the overlap. But we're so deep, we couldn't we couldn't do anything with the ball because we were picking up the ball so deep in our own half. One thing Wolves are really good at is mobilising really quickly, so they're hard to counter attack against, and we're so slow and trying to get the ball out one half to make something happen they've already mobilized their team by then they're ready to defend and that's the problem when you've got so much pace that we've got we should have been putting them on the back foot on the counter-attack but we were that deep paul we couldn't make it happen mate. and that's that's where the problems have, uh, have, that's where the problems have been most of last season where we, we struggled to score goals and it's just Yes. Where, where's the improvement? Where's the improvement made from last week? You can say yes, we were we were better defensively, maybe as as a unit. We looked relatively compact, and I think we protected Carl Darlow well. And lucky we did because obviously the lad was playing still with the after effects of what Bruce uh, nearly allowed to happen last time out against Manchester Manchester United. But yeah, they were just literally. I had the impression Wolves sat there and thought, as soon as we score one goal, these turkeys are all. Literally goose. They're all up there, and um, they're there for the take. And if we can score one goal against this lot, they will capitulate. They will cave in. Uh, they've got Steve Bruce as a manager, and and that's how you felt as a fan. But I just felt yeah. that they had that arrogance about them that they knew that all it would take is one moment of magic. They would get the goal. But I mean, historically, if you look back at Wolves, they don't start games very very quickly. They don't generally score many goals in the first half. So I thought it was just literally going along along the, the you know the, the status quo type thing. But we had to, I think personally, strike firmly and first, you know, uh, and not after a minute and a half, because I know that's all that Bruce can sort of uh, garner. And I do feel sorry for Mrs. Bruce if that's all he can manage. But um, no, I just, just think we needed a response of last week and some attacking uh, threat and a bit of support round for Wilson. Wilson must be so pissed off. He's trying to get in the England side. He's feeding up scraps. He's doing pretty well. But um, no, if you look, if you look at Wolves, they aren't a first half team. So Bruce should have started the lads off. Look, we're going to play these players. We're going to play them in the right positions. We're going to go for it. We're going to try and get a few early shots in. Get our confidence up. Have a go at them try and get our noses in front. And then, once you get your noses in front, uh, Kyle, then, if you want to try and, you know, uh, beef it out and see the game out, then that's fine. Because, yeah, on the, on, the, on, the, on the front of it, a point against Wolves is a fantastic result, given everything that they're doing and stuff like that. But as soon as you take the, the top layer off and do a little bit more digging than what Sky Sports bloody does, uh, and it's particularly Tim Sherwood, who's a piece of shit, um, once you scratch the surface and have a look at the actual issues and problems, it's a tremendous amount of luck to get what we got out of it. Because, again, what, two shots on target, did you say, Kyle? Yeah, two no. shots at target. Do Did we did we deserve it? No. And, and people are just looking at us and just thinking, we can turn up and we can beat this lot. And, um, you know, 
it nearly come off the walls. It nearly, nearly did. But they they weren't at their uh, free flow and best. But obviously, they've got players of quality in their side. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I mean, so have we, mate. And I just think, like I've been saying to saying to people, like off podcast and stuff. I, I think we we genuinely have a good side. I think we've got some good attacking players. You've got a couple of okay holding midfielders. I think Hayden's severely underrated. And you've got a solid defence yeah. there that did very well under the Rafa regime. Now, I don't I don't think fans mind the wing-back system as long as it's effective. I mean, teams like um, Chelsea in the past have proven it to be effective. Even further down the league, I'm trying to think of teams that have played the, played the wing-back system. Wolves, hell, Wolves have, have played it to great effect. Um, where you can push the players forward and and have a, a more of a control over a game, and then when you when you're on the when you're being counterattacked, you just them fullbacks go back into a five, and then you defend from there. So it has proven to be an effective system. It's just under Bruce, we just seem to it just seems we kind of want to shut up shop from the get go. And the we don't same, want to play football, mate. We don't it, want to play football. Don't, don't, Newcastle and, don't play football. The the saying goes, um, the definition of insanity is to try the same thing over and over again and getting the same results, you know, and expecting different results, sorry. Um yeah. it's 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 mental, mate. It really is. And I, 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 I so Steve Bruce. And I, I know, mate, it's it's like we're just not like he's not learning his lessons and we're just going through mm-hmm. the motions again and again and again. And but, but that's that's the trouble. People will say, Oh, he's got a point. Tim Sherwood will get his little... Well, obviously, he's a very small little wank sock. It's only probably the size of an ant's. Um, but you've got his little ant knob wank sock on. And he sits there and he's going away like grease fucking lightning. And he's sitting there, oh, you've got a great point down at Molyneux and this, that and the other. But uh, did, have you watched the football? Have you watched the previous games? It's not just about one game. It's about a series of games. It's about a bunch of games. It's about a philosophy and this, that, and the other. Have you actually bothered to watch us, Tim Sherwood? And the answer to that will be no. You know, we don't play football. Yeah. Yeah. We don't play football at all. And when you don't play football and you haven't got a system and you haven't got a style or a tactic or anything else like that, you get what Newcastle is serving up. And it's literally a battle of attrition. And uh, yeah, you may get a point. You may win the odd one, like you've you've called him before, a one in five manager, and it's a perfect sum up of Steve Bruce. Um, you he will pick up points, but are you happy at just picking up a point, and then another, another point, and then losing one, and then winning one, and then losing a couple, and then drawing one? He will pick up points, but. Uh, but surely, as part of a, a football club, you want it, it ent- entertainment business. We want to be entertained. We want to see a little bit of style. And you want to sit there and think, look, we've got these great attacking, exciting players. Why aren't we seeing them playing to the maximum? Because I think a different manager, you would see a different side to all these ASMs, Miggies, Wilsons, Frazier, uh, you name it. I think you'd see a different, uh, different side of it. It's not just about picking up points and getting to 40 points every season to satisfy the management of Newcastle. Is, is that enough for a, for a fan? And it's not you want to see your, your club. You don't want to hear people saying, well, we hope and hit and hope and fingers crossed. And you want to say, this is what we're going to do. This is what we are going to achieve. We are going to have a go at the Cups. We are progressing as a football team. And you want to see evidence of that. I see no evidence under Steve Bruce, of us getting better at anything. In fact, 
we are getting worse with this no football philosophy week in, week exactly. out. The rating is very much on the wall, and it's very reminiscent of when the, the warning signs started to come up while in Pardew, and the feeling was very much he is going to relegate where he doesn't go soon. Um, so it's literally a case of what's going to happen first is Steve Bruce going to relegate where that might not be this season because as he says he, he he can grind out results in a 1-4, in 1-5 type way but for me it's not like I can take defensive football but what I want to see and what I, what I think a lot of the fans want to see as well is a plan, is an idea, is a philosophy a, ma- a manager that believes in his ideas and, and believes that that is the best way to play Bruce has been here uh, 16, 17 months. Well, it'll be two years by the end of the season, two and a bit years. And I still don't know what he wants to do. I don't know whether he wants to play defensive. I don't know whether he wants to play on the front foot and attack. I I, I haven't got a clue what he wants to do. because he's, he's, he's talked about it, Kyle. He's talked about being more attacks, uh, attacking and more ex- expressive, right? But, <coughs> and apologies there. But where's the evidence of it? For what, 44 games or somebody somebody said to me uh, recently that Bruce has been in the league. Where is the evidence of this football that he's banging on about? It's his team, £100 million, eight new players. He's had the time. He's got all the things that, 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 uh, you know, that Rafa had. Where is this implementation of this, um, you know, world-famous style that he's on about? Because I... Have yet to witness it, and it's just a ball fest week in, week out. And people keep saying, Well, you're not in the relegation zone, and this, that, and the other. Whoop, you do that. I wouldn't expect Newcastle to be in the relegation trouble. We should never be in relegation trouble, you know. Not, really, not with the, not with the, the, the size we are with the players we've got. Look at the players we've got, man the Wilsons, the ASMs, the Miggies. Even the Lascelles, the Fernandezes, the Martin Dubravkas, the Jamal Lewises, we've got good players all over the park, mate. Um, but it's his insistent on playing square pegs in round holes and vice versa. And he's flip-flopping about. He flip-flops more than the fucking government does. Um, and I just can't imagine. I can't imagine him inspiring anything at all. I mean, how the fuck he got Mrs. Bruce pregnant in the first place? Because he probably tried to reinvent that. Probably bored the socks off her and she fell asleep. You know, I just don't know. I look at him and I've got no confidence and no belief that he can get a tune out of uh, out of out of this lot, uh, you know, of players. And I just think we are underperforming and I know there's been some bizarre and strange res- results over the season and he bangs on about no fans and this, that and the other. <laughs> like it's a hamstring for us and it's a benefit for everybody else. But where, where's the rub off? Where's the rub off for us? Yeah. Why are the players playing so terrified and so, oh, we'll just defend, we'll just defend. And, and all it was, it just felt as if just, just protect Carl Darlow and why don't we just play 10 behind the ball? Why bother with wing backs and this, that, and the other, Kyle? Why bother? Because we just literally string ten behind the ball, and it's like there's no, there's no like purpose to get forward. There's no plan of how to break quickly or, or nothing. And I'm sitting there watching this, and I've got me, you know, I've got my phone, and I'm watching it as best I can, and I can see that. Yet Steve Bruce, this, you know, Premier League manager can't see the end of his fucking nose and I just think he needs to get the spec savers, get the Barnard Castle uh, or whatever he needs to do and he needs to get with the programme or 
shape up, get with the you know get with the program. Stop slagging the fans off. There's another thing he's done recently and pissed me off. Get some results and get a style of play. Get a formation going and, and show the fans. Give the fans a little bit of hope. That's all we've ever wanted. But there's, there's no hope with this clueless tit in charge. Like I can I can see where these pundits are coming from. If you haven't watched Newcastle this season and you think. Oh well, they're the seven points off. I think it's six, seven points off the relegation zone. Seven. Um, they've won a couple of games. They've picked up a result away at Tottenham and Wolves. What's all? The, what's all the problems about? Now the problem is for me is Steve Bruce's roadies look a hell of a lot this season. I mean Tottenham, barring yeah. Everton away last season, is probably the spongiest draw I've ever seen Newcastle get in my entire life. Wolves again was uh, shocking, uh, but. Wolves weren't great. We managed to pick up a point. It was more so Wolves didn't want the three points more so than we gained a point. Do you know what I mean? Um, not that I discredit Bruce. I think, fair enough, if you get a point at Wolves, it's a good point, regardless of performance, because it's a damn it, hard it is. It is. It's a damn hard place to go to. But you look at Brighton at home, we got dismantled, we got played off the park. By the way, that's their only league win this season. Uh, Man United a team that got beat 6-1 at home in the previous game, and we shut up shop defensively and hoped for the best yeah. against them, when it's yeah. the worst Man United team I have ever, ever seen. Uh, West yeah. Ham, fair enough, that was the last time we played well. Um, but we're fairly fortunate to be where we're all in the league, Paul, and I think, what, we're 14th, 15th in the table? Like, yeah, I think we're 14th. I think fans are just worried that this lack of idea and this riding the luck from Bruce is going to run out and when it does run out we're going to drop like a brick in water and yeah I think because fans, there's no style of play there's no football exactly, on. we're not playing no football idea. mate like I seen a comment when I put the team out on Facebook Um, it says um, oh, call your own goal call them your up front the rest just run around and hope for the best good luck lads and he said that as a joke but I genuinely yeah. think some of the time that's what Bruce is saying to them because but he, he, he come out in that interview, mate, with that last from the newspaper, and he said, I'm not a great person for formations. And I'm sitting there thinking, no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> you should have to sit and watch the crap you're serving up. Even Mrs. Bruce sat at home, uh, is probably sitting there shaking his head and going, oh, Brucey, man, you fucked this up again. You know, any man with half a brain cell could do a better job with the group of players that he's got. It's not as if, Kyle, he's got a bad group of lads. He's got a good group of lads. We have lots of potential. And we should be able to play some decent attacking football. And I know he'll come out and he'll come out with his little book of it, Pardew excuses or injuries. and illness. Yeah, newsflash. It happens to other clubs, but they don't whine and bitch on like Steve Bruce does. They, I mean, he went on about injuries, but he plays players that are injured anyway. Like he kept Carl Darlow on against mm -hmm. Man United, which was borderline unforgivable. Uh, John Joe Shelby, Shelby. To play. Uh, he's been playing injured for the last couple of weeks. And you've and had he's out for a on the bench. Uh, Hayden struggled to make it, but he made the bench. And like it's it's crazy these injuries are starting to total up because he's overplaying these players. And it's like that squad management that was a massive talking point last season has become a massive talking point again because he hasn't rectified the problems. But as the saying goes, I'm not a philosopher all of a sudden, don't worry. But uh, those who fail to, to study their history are, are doomed to repeat it. And Steve Bruce is definitely doomed to repeat this history because it, it happened for him at Sunderland, it happened for him at Hull, it happened for him at Birmingham, where he used to come out... It was out funny at Sunderland, though. 
was it, funny yeah, at Sunderland. It was, it was funny at Sunderland, you're right, but he, now it's fucking not hilarious. He keeps he keeps he keeps saying things like um all oh, back to basics and work in progress and all this. It's like if you haven't got an idea after fifteen months, when are you ever going to get an idea? How are fans going to buy into you being manager when you don't even know what the team sheet's going to be, when you don't even know your best team, when you don't even know who your best players are, where to play them? It's it's so it's so weird. Don't, it's it's so strange. What are you doing, man? Stop slagging Bruce off because you know he's going to have his son come on and he's going to be telling you off and trying to tell you how he's doing such a great job. Yeah, and how I we mean, should if be Alex so, so wants to come on the podcast, I'd, uh, I'd welcome him on because uh, I think I think it'd be a good couple hours us um, rinsing <laughs> someone's dad for, the, for them live on, uh, live on a podcast. <laughs> but um, yeah, the, the open invitation say, Alex, if you want to come on, mate, uh, crack on. But um, The thing is, right, I would love to be proved wrong about Bruce, right? I have been wrong before, right? Isaac Hayden, classic example, right? Proved wrong. Held hands up, apologised umpteen times. Glad that I have been proved wrong. With Steve Bruce, though, I just don't think I'm going to be proved wrong one little bit. And people have said, well, who else will come in? Who will work under the regime and stuff like that? Um, (laughs) And to be honest, I, I, I can see... People worry about somebody like a Mark Hughes rolling in or somebody like that. But, um, uh, you know, just want a little bit of something. I want us to play football. We're supposed to be a football club. Uh, there's no fans in, so there should be no fear, no intimidation of going to Molyneux. There should be no intimidation of going to any of the, the bigger grounds, the noisier grounds, this, that, and the other. Look at some of the strange results this season. Um, and again, it takes away another... Ex- another excuse from uh, Steve Bruce. And I would love it if he turned it around, if he listened to the fans, listened to the concerns, addressed them and went at, went at some teams. And I know we can't go at every single team all the time. And I'm not stupid. But just occasionally, just go for them and sense when there's an opportunity. It's like against Manchester United. Fragile confidence. Get the first goal, then put them under pressure and see if, they, if they're going to crumble and crack like they did previously. And then if you fall a bit short, then you say, fair enough, we had a goal. But like, you know, two attempts at goal. And you're like, well, if, if we don't score a lucky one or if one doesn't go in off somebody's ass, then we're going to be under pressure straight away. And you worry as soon as we concede one goal. And that was the attitude that Wolves t- took. We'll score one and we'll win. Um, and, and it's not just, I mean, the tactics are, are, are awful. The football is awful. The substitutions, mate. You're waiting until 77, 78 minutes before making the sub. And then when you do, you bring in Joe Linton on, who's, again, seems to be a little bit out of form again. I know it's up and down from him at the moment. Yeah. And, and, and then you concede. So when Bruce does make a decision, the normally the decisions that go tits up, we concede and you're thinking, fucking hell, 80 minutes of dross. But at least we were in it and getting a draw. Now we're going to lose. Um, but, you know, step forward. Jacob with a Jacob's cracker of a free kick. And, um, oh, goodness me. A moment of light in what was an absolutely pretty drab and awful, you know, affair. Apart from the fact that I do think we protected our goal quite well. That's probably only... A few positives that I'm scratching about, yeah. but I would just I would just love a little bit of a, of, a, of a plan and a little bit of a uh, hope 
keep going back hope again. Yeah, a, a bit of an idea, I mean, a, a bit mm. of a philosophy that we can buy into, I think. But um, Jay, I, I, I don't want to just praise Murphy on the goal because I think, considering he was playing out, outside of his normal position, yeah. he hadn't played in the Premier League as a starter for a damn long time. He came years, in and he done, he done really well, to be fair to him. Um, and if anyone deserved a goal on the pitch for Newcastle United that day, it was Jacob Murphy. I thought he played. I thought he played fantastic. Uh, he looked fairly comfortable in that position at right back, despite not playing there in his career. Um, the free kick that he took was absolutely brilliant. Uh, there's, I know, I've seen, Wolves, well. I've seen a lot of their uh, Wolves fans saying uh, Petruccio should have saved it. It was it was beautifully in the near post, and Almiron set up the rules that he was going to take it. And it was. Did a you brilliant. see what he said though? Did you hear what he said about that free kick? Yeah, that he studied, studied the goalkeeper. Studied it? Good. Uh, yeah. It, it's it, good. It, it does. Yeah, because Bruce wouldn't have told him that. And this is what <laughs> I mean. The, the preparation wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't be saying, look, I've, I've watched that goalkeeper. If you had a student of the game, a Mourinho or a Bobby Robson or somebody like that, or, a, I don't know, a Pep or somebody, who, who would have literally lived and breathed and would have analysed everything and said, look, if there's a free kick on the edge of the box, He's susceptible to to literally hard shots, low down in the corners, target them there. You wouldn't get that from Steve Bruce. It would it, it would probably be is it chili I'm sauce or garlic out. sauce? <laughs> yeah, that, that 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 would be. It. So you don't get those those levels of information and the little things that can make the small amount of difference. It's on the players themselves to go off on of of their own free choosing. To be able to research it and, and to to get something like that, so I think it's major major kudos, uh, you know, to the lad. He clearly cares about Newcastle. He's a Newcastle fan from being a, a little kid. We've all seen the pictures of him and his brother and everything. But uh, yeah, to do that level of research, I mean, I personally think as well, Carl Darlow. It was a cracking goal that they scored, but I think Carl Darlow gets a hand to it. Maybe he could do a little bit better. I also think from their goal as well. When the header comes out, we're not quick enough. We're not quick enough no, out. To I don't blame Darlow for that call. I really don't. Because the header no. goes out. And Sean is... I mean, I, I love Sean to death, any 29. Uh, he, the, the header goes out and he just looks look slowly, grouches towards and then puts his hands behind his back and it's like, have a go. And it's like, no, don't have a go. Go to them, charge them down. You win that ball. It's a three-on-two situation with him running at the defence. Uh, that needs to be much better in my book. Uh, it wasn't just long stuff either. Lascelles just stood there like a... Honestly. Tit. Um, I, like a tit. As the ball seals past him. And, and Darlow does get a strong hand to it and it goes in the net. But Yeah, I think being a little bit... Yeah, if, a little bit critical, you could say, look, you've got, you got if you get a hand to it, I want to see... Uh, uh, you know, tipping it round or this, that, and the other. It was a fantastic goal. Take nothing away from it. I mean, your striker's on the out. Uh, your striker is on the outside of 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 the box, and I think that's that's <laughs> it's crackers really. So you want your striker in the box, yeah. But to have that technique, oh my word, absolutely mind, uh, uh, you know, mind blown. You're sitting there, you're gutted, but you you can appreciate the quality of the goal made. But I, I just think, personally speaking. I, I maybe would have liked five or ten percent more of Darlow. I take nothing away from the goal, but I want eighty, ninety percent more of our, uh, you know, defenders. You headed out and you've headed it straight. You've not headed it out to the sides. Your first thought surely has to be, yeah, I'm okay. going to close that down like grease fucking lightning. Yeah, 
So it'd be like, Brucey, if there's a fucking kebab that's been left over, get out. At least put some pressure on it. Close the angle down. Do whatever you can. Uh, take them out. You've got 10 minutes to go. And you think you've got a, you've got a point, and we're not a side that scores lots of goals, so you've got to think, got to fight for this clean sheet, and then bang, and you're like, oh my word! I thought we'd be on that one in mind. Yeah, but we, we think, came out, we, we came out, we came out the the blocks at least, and obviously we got the free kick where we got out Murphy with a a well researched free, free kick. kick to give away, mate. Oh, definitely, definitely a stupid free Was kick it to give away. It was, was Cody it? Was who just Cody? nudged there. Wilson had oh, nobody around him. The ball, the ball was there, booted up to him, and Cody just nudges him in the middle of the air. Uh, very silly free kick to give away, but we took um, we took full advantage of it and we and we nick a point. I mean, like I say, at the start, the, the, the top of the podcast, mate. If you had offered Wolves away one point, considering all the negativity around what the team sheet was going to be. And uh, all yeah, the, the feeling of if, if we got beat heavily, which many people thought we were going to get beaten by yep, in that us, game, us me included, well. um, you would have you would have took a draw. A lot of people saying I'd kill for a draw on Twitter and stuff. So for me, that's um, that's that's where it's got to be. But uh, in summary, I suppose you've got to take a point. We'll move on to the next games. Needing, I think we, one <laughs> we need one. <laughs> Who's that? that? One win out of the next two, I think, and we've got um, Everton and Southampton coming up. So if we can manage to win against one of them, mate, and maybe even pick up a point off one of them, I think it'd be a, a solid four, three to four points if we can get them. But um, it, it has, and it it's been an it has been an okay start of the season, mate. It has been an okay start of the season on the but surface, on the surface of it, and that's all that the soccer. I mean, that's what makes you want to literally grab a book and them just puke and hurl in it. Every time you see one of these so-called professionals, your likes of Tim Sherwood with his ant-sized cock, when he's sitting there pretending to be a Newcastle expert, I thought, you've never been north of Watford, you fucking prick. Um, you know, you're out of you're out of work. You're not exactly an in-demand uh, person. Your football inside, you could write on the back of a fag packet and still have space left over. They see a 1-1 draw and think, that them ungrateful bastards up in there. Newcastle, they should be pleased about getting that result. And yeah, on the surface, we are pleased. But what we're saying is, is please, take the top layer off and have a little look at the football, the style, the tactics, and the fact that we are only getting results through outright look. 100% mate. But of course, these so-called pundits won't actually get off the arse and do any graft and any actual real uh, research. So that that is what, it again, it just boils your piss straight away, mate. Yeah, 100%. I mean, there's one thing I do want to mention before we sign off. Um, Mike Ashley's released another statement aimed at the Premier League. <laughs> um, we we literally seen this news as we're uh, about to go on, and uh, we couldn't believe it. It's worth mentioning. And uh, Mike Ashley said £15 is a little bit too much. And although I agree with Mike Ashley, and it just shows how <laughs> much... God. <laughs> it just shows Sorry. how much how much of a messed up year it is when I'm agreeing with Mike Ashley. But he says this and it's the ultimate hypocrisy. I mean, we know we know a hypocrite or two when we see them, Paul. And this oh, is this yeah. this takes the cake for me because he owes how many thousands of fans season tickets? Yeah. <laughs> and, and he's uh, going on about um oh it's too much in terms of um 
pay-per-view and that in a year's right it needs to be scrapped and he said it needs to go down to £5 a match, which I think £5 a match is a little bit more reasonable considering yeah. the situation. I think a lot more fans will be open to paying only five, like a fiver for their team because I, do, I don't know, mate. I've, I, like, I've, I paid a tenner twice for the Carabao Cup um, when we had to use that eye follow shit. And then that obviously shit, I went, I went, I went out to watch the the Man U game. I wish I hadn't hadn't, but I did. And like in all, that's like that's like nigh on thirty quid for um off you paid for all three thirty five to to watch your team on pay per view. But overall, the season on top of the BT Sky Sport, all this that you pay for as well. It's when, like, when families are, are struggling, mate. It, it's it's a it's a lot of money, and, and yeah, I never thought I'd be agreeing with Mike Ashley as much. But I think reading slightly beneath the lines and knowing that Mike Ashley has got is operated and is in bed with Keith Bishop, you can't help but feel that this is a PR push against the Premier League, and it's an opportunity to smash at, to knock, to um cast shit at the Premier League as much as possible because remember with this legal case which potentially could go through to a court case that if you chuck enough shit eventually enough will stick on the wall that makes them and paints them look like the biggest bunch of bastards going so this is all about an agenda this is all about propaganda this is all about an accumulation of um, negative stuff against the Premier League from Mike Ashley so Mike Ashley looks like the good guy as many times as possible, that will strengthen his legal case. Um, and I'm no doubt that there'll be a post going out later on today. The QC, the the lad uh, Nick, will do some sort of bread scene or something. He's already done it, mate. He's already, he's already done bread today. <laughs> he's, um, so he's, pro- he's probably going to be back in the oven with more bread. But um, I know I... he bakes more than uh, the, the, the Great British uh, Bake Off and all that sort of thing. But <laughs> yeah, this is all part, mate, of a PR war. He actually is at war with the Premier League and it's a perfect opportunity. It's like an empty goal. Tap it in. But what he's saying is right. 15 quid. Fuck off Premier League. I'm surprised Ashley isn't distributing uh, those BEQ out or whatever they were boxes from Saudi Arabia. I'm su- surprised he isn't giving them away at Sports Direct stores to get people to go into the illegal streams over in Saudi Arabia. Um, but yeah, it's all part of the political game of chess that's going on at the moment. Uh, in between Ashley, the Premier League and football in general. But to be fair, he's got a point. 15 quid, go and get fucked. Nobody's going to uh, pay that. I, I mean, I think there was 40,000 people watched the Manchester United-Newcastle match at £15. Pound. Uh, to put that into context, uh, for the game, which was West Brom Burnley, I believe, or might have been Burnley-West Brom, some people were saying there was as low as seven people that actually paid to see that game. So... These numbers, 40,000 is well below what would be expected for I a think game. 40,000 Man United fans as well, because yeah. there was such oh, a backing back with the food bank, which we backed as well. Um, yeah. And we've retweeted and stuff with, with that and tried to raise as much awareness as we can, uh, considering the platform and stuff. But with, I think with how many Newcastle fans were behind um, boycotting the pay-per-view to aid charities and local food banks. I, I think 40,000 of them were Man United fans, to be honest, mate. Very few. Yeah, I would be surprised. Fans. But you, you look at some of other games and you, you ch- you're trying to charge 15 quid with the greatest respect and will in the world, Burnley West Brom. These are games that which are, 
I'm, I'm sorry, but just pretty much like dross filler games. Um, and I think normally for a Newcastle Man United, you would get a heck of a lot more. It's not working. It's clearly not working. If truth is to be believed and if rumour is to be believed, Sky and BT, they don't want it. The only people who want it are those greedy bastards with Cockmaster and the rest of the lot down at the Premier League. So, again, once again, the Premier League needs to get the thinking caps on and come up with a totally different answer to the one that they've done so far. Uh, stop fleecing fans, stop taking the piss and stop making fans choose between, you know, watching the, the team, their team, uh, who they can't watch any other which way um, and, like, putting food on the table and stuff like that. You know, it should be affordable for everybody. Um, and there's no need to charge these absolutely ridiculous 1495s. But yeah, at the same time, Mike, actually get your hand in your pocket and pay back the season ticket holders. We're still paying for money for season tickets for a season where we ain't going to be able to go into the ground. So yeah, a little bit of uh, hypocrite there. But um, well, I mean, you know, we're used to dealing with hypocrites, aren't we? 100%, mate. And I couldn't think of a better way to end the podcast, to be honest, mate. <laughs> um, We've went through the Wolves game. I suppose, like I've said twice already, you take a point from the situation. It's one of them forgettable games. It's one of them forgettable games in a season, mate, where you you don't really look back on it with fondness. You just take the point and you move on to the next one. But we'll be back, hopefully, a little bit early after a game, um, <laughs> then 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 this one. But obviously, we've explained earlier in the podcast as to why. But uh, Paul doesn't move house every week. So obviously we'll be we'll be okay going. Well, in, 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 in. I'm open. I'm open, and I'll say it quietly because I, I don't want you know to 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 put a a sort of uh, hoodoo sign on it. But I'm hoping to be in the house shortly. I mean, we should have been the works at the house that we're moving into should have been done about a week, two weeks ago, and they've got on, and there's been more and more and more. So like I say, at the moment, I'm cooked up in a travel lodge just around the corner from where we're moving into. Hopefully, that's all going to be done in the next day or two. Fingers crossed, and uh, I've been moved in, internet on, uh, able to watch the football. I went in today and I was joking on with the builders and everybody and saying, I want to be watching my football in here. Come on, get the kitchen units out, get the kitchen units in the kitchen, so I can get my sofa in here, get the football on, watch the lads, and hopefully see an improvement in performance and see Jordan Pickford and his wee little dinosaur arms have to pick the ball out of the net a few times uh, at St. James's Park. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, Newcastle and a couple of goals, is uh, it, it's it, it's ambitious, mate, but hopefully next week you have a new house. <laughs> we have three points and uh, this, this podcast will be a couple hours after the match is finished, but uh, exactly, uh, we'll exactly. leave it for this. We'll leave it there this week, and uh, we'll smiling we'll and waving. <laughs> we'll we'll end up we'll end up on smiling and waving, and um, I love <laughs> we'll love you and leave you, and we'll uh, we'll catch you on the next one. See you there, everyone. Keep it too.